says, are you trying to trick me? Where's the sports? Is this a kissing book? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's a revenge. And- are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Sword fighting and torture. True love. Well, when does it get me good? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hi, everybody. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Um, This week... We are doing, it's a brand new month, so it is Family Fun Movies. And Welcome to November. Welcome to November, y'all. And here at Lights, Camera, Cocktail, we pair amazing cocktails with amazing movies, and we give you fun facts about both. So this week is no different, and Mm-mm. I am Princess Lady of the Manor Zenobia. <laughs> I don't know, I was trying. And I am a dreadful pirate out for revenge. Legendary Lenny, the pirate queen up in here. You are the pirate queen. I'll give you that. I take no survivors. She be snatching all the booties. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm ready to drink. How about you? Oh, I am so ready to drink. Are you ready for this? I love... This combination of cocktails. I thought really long and hard. The cocktail's name for this evening is called Battle of the Wits. Ah. The Battle of Wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. <laughs> I like the it. The drink is... Uh, you like it, right? I thought it was really cute. It's the only real drinking cheers moment that happens. And I was like, Battle of the Wits, you say. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never bet against a Sicilian. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> when death, death is on the line. line. <laughs> You're just stalling. That's what you think. <laughs> think. <laughs> so this drink is composed of bourbon, just 1.5 ounces, a peach liqueur, 0.5 ounces. You've got lemonade, fresh, beautiful, homemade lemonade at 3.5 ounces. Then get some cardamom bitters, two dashes in the cup, put on ice, stir it up. And then I garnished it with a nice sweet blood orange because they're kind of my favorite citrus. And I found some at the grove. Yep, there she goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just put a little beautiful blood orange garnish right on the side so it can be seen in full wheel view of the glass. And then serve it up. This is called the Battle of Wits. Cheers to my girl. Cheers. Oh, oh, this is good. I like this. Now, you know that I use my blood orange bitters. It always works in whatever <laughs> whatever we need. It always works. So, well, bl- blood orange litter is just a universal beautiful ingredient. It is. So I was never going to complain. But for people who are skeptical about the cardamom, it's I highly, highly suggest it. It has helped me in the kitchen, adding a little spice to some vegetables when I need it, and also helping with my cocktails. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait. I really want to make cupcakes Ooh. with the cardamom bitters. There's just so much to play with, and the cardamom is really nice. I think it brings a really great dynamic to the drink. And it's not so sweet because the lemonade can be really, really sweet and the peach liqueur can be really sweet. So the bitter, the cardamom bitters kind of gave me a nice little like zing to it, which I really loved. 
Okay, I like this. This tastes great. It's, I'm so glad. You know, I'm so happy. A nice adult to share lemonade. Mm-hmm. Sipping on some lemonade. <laughs> so, if Battle of Wits, if you haven't already guessed our beautiful movie of the week, uh. it is. A childhood favorite of mine. When Z was like, we're doing family films, I'm like, what can I choose? What would be great? This is something that resonates for me and has a very special tie for me and Zenobia. It is The Princess Bride. Yes, please. Princess Buttercup. Princess Buttercup. Oh, I love it. I love this movie. I'm really happy. So do you want to get into it and talk about a little herstory? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that history. <laughs> You're just so amped. I love it. Okay. Yeah, give it to right, me. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to go into the herstory because there's a lot of uh, interesting feel about what this movie is based on. It is based on a book. It was a book first. Uh, It was originally published for the first time in 1973. The writer was William Goodman. And he's really, really cool. He's an American novelist. You're going to hear about him. He's done films and well, screenplays specifically because he's a writer. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and All the President's Men. And uh, he also did the film adaptation for uh, Stephen King, Misery. Which, oh. as we know, won our our girl Kathy Bates an Academy Award. Yeah. Um. So he's a he's a really accomplished. He's a really beautiful writer. Those are all screenplays. So he wrote this. This is a sci-fi a sci-fi fantasy novel. And what's really really neat is that it's a book itself is a book with a book inside of a book. There's an older man, an older grandfather, who's reading the story to the little boy. That's what you see in the film. In the book, it's actually his father who reads the book to him. And it's still, it's uh, technically the book, The Princess Bride, is still written by S. Morgenstein. The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern. As he says in the film, it's the same as the book. I always just thought that it was it just part of the movie to make it into like grandpa telling his grandson a story. But that's actually in the book. Yeah, in the book, it, it's with a, a book within a book. Yeah. It starts off with the little boy still playing. It's his father and him talking. It's a, it's a father and son duo instead. And it's all about how his father read this super long book, but it always would take the riveting and exciting adventurous stuff from inside the book. And he would read it to his son. And that's what he remembered. And that's what the princess bride is. Okay. And so that's how it all starts off. But really the book is written by... Goodman. It's has not by S. Morgenstein. It, that's a fictional character who is really cool because they have it based that S. Morgenstein is a native of the fictional country Florin that we hear in the Prince Bride. Oh. So he's a very yeah. So he presents himself as a very renowned citizen of Florin, and he's writing the real history of the two kingdoms of the the main two cities, uh, Gilder and Florin. Okay. And so that's like kind of the backstory of uh, M. Morgenstein is that he's supposed to be this really incredible, like awesome citizen of Florin. And he knows this old story of Wesley and Princess Buttercup and they're like fairy tale love story. Really cute. I love this that his he named it Princess Bride because when he was writing the story, he would read it to his daughters. And then he's like, what would you want to hear a story about? And one answered a bride. And the other one was like a princess. And he's like, I'm name it the princess bride. <laughs> and that's how, <laughs> that's how he got the name and the title to the book. I feel like I better um, be written down as like creative help. 
on coming exactly up right she's like uh, i invented that mm-hmm. she actually i mean she gets mad writing credit what i really dig is that there's not a big difference entirely to the story from the film to the book it it's pretty seamless it's still really beautiful uh what i really liked the most what i what i appreciated the most was princess buttercup in the movie she's a total badass she's like cunning she's really smart she talks back she doesn't take shit she can be a little naive sometimes and like you're not going to recognize your true love behind one mask like get over it she thought he was dead (laughs) i know she did she was very very she was really relentless. But actually, in the book, she's pretty dim. They make her not as smart as the character in the film. He definitely amped up her character because, like, that wasn't going to hold in the 1980s to have, like, a damsel in distress and doesn't know what she's doing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. So don't give me a, a beautiful female character and make her pathetic. Like, give Dumb. me give me something I'm working with. I know. Okay. So that was really, really cool is that they amped up Buttercup in the from the book to the film. Uh, and then just, like, minor kind of little character quirks, like uh, Prince Humperdinck. Like, he has this, like, the Prince Charming, tall, handsome, I bet my life on it, you know? And hmm. he definitely is kind of, like, a little bit of, like, a curmudgeon fatty in the book. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. He's not a cutie. No, he's not, like, sexy or cute. He's, like, really gross. And, like, just this, like, older man that's trying to get up on Princess Buttercup. And you're, like, gross. It's pretty gross. Just to kill her, though. Have his way with her and then kill her. Um, And then Vincini. Vincini! Where are you, Vincini? (laughs) Um, They make him kind of, like... he like the character that the the actor who plays Vincini uh, Wallace Shawn. Mm-hmm. He's already kind of like a goofy guy. Like he comes off. He's 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 so funny. He just has this like persona and this like character that always just kind of makes him really likable and uh, fun. But the real character was supposed to be like a hunchback and like kind oh. of like a really smart but like kind of a deformed human being. Well, um, okay. But they took that away and, and they replaced it uh, with just like a normal person. So those are like the only big character differences from the book to the actual film. So I thought it was really, really cool. I, I mean, I didn't get to read the book when it was first published. That was obviously, but I did read it after I watched the movie because I didn't realize that it was a book to begin with. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly, I was like, oh, like I thought it was just a screenplay because this person was like, Goodman's really good at screenplays. What is this book? And uh, I always thought that it was like kind of one of those book written after the movie effects. You know how they do that right. sometimes. Uh-huh. But no, in fact, this was written way before. So I really liked it. I did read that there is supposed to be a part two in works and books wise. It's supposed to be like Buttercup's Baby or some Princess Buttercup's Baby or something like that. And it's supposed to come out in like 2023. So hopefully we'll get another addition to this story. Hmm. But the book, the book is like almost like 50 years, isn't it? Dude, yeah. It's like, oh my God, 1973. Yeah. But that was a shit long time ago. But yeah, so it's a totally fictional made up story. There's no real Florin. There's no real Gilder. Those are actually like currency. It's not like a real magical place, but it is a beautiful fairy tale that I like super love getting captivated in. And I can just like throw myself into this beautiful cliffs of insanity and (laughs) the shores of Gilda. And it's just, it really takes you there. And I really like it. And her story. So that's a little bit of her story for you, my baby. Ooh, I love it. I have not read the book. And to be honest with you, I didn't know it was a real book until this week. 
again, I really, I, I had watched the film since the beginning. I had never known that it was an actual book, but then I started, you know, putting the pieces together and you realize you're like, wow, like this was actually a story long before it was ever made. It was supposed to be made ages ago, like eons ago, even before the, when it was released. And, um, they just never could commit to really pushing the story through. And finally, when they were able to do it, I think they had a perfect cast. Rob Reiner killed it. Killed he it. brought everyone together perfect. for it. And yeah. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> someone has already been drinking today. And I think that she needs some more because she's got the giggles. So let's get all up in this to this motherfucking drinking yes. game. Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Give it to me. Right. Oh my god, I'm so stoked. So this is the Princess Bride drinking game, you guys. All right. So you gonna take one simp when Wesley says, "As you wish." As you wish. As you wish. As you wish. As you wish. You knew, Perfect. You knew I had to do it, and not even. Of course. Are you gonna? If anybody says, "As you wish." Because we know what grandpa, mm-hmm. grandpa says it at the end. So if you hear that, uh, you take As a you wish. You take a slam. Take a slam. When inconceivable is said. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Which is said quite a few times. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, you keep on saying that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. You think it means. I. That's one of my favorite lines in the movie. Because he's just like, I'm tired of hearing you say it. It's like when people are like, I literally died. No, bitch, you did not literally die. You literally <laughs> didn't die. You're standing there and talking You're to talking me right You're talking to now. me. <laughs> no, literally. Inconceivable. <laughs> so you gonna slip on any inconceivables. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> You gon' take a simp when someone gets knocked out. Since I can't have you following me, either. And there's Ooh. quite a few of them. There's a lot of knockouts. People getting hit. I will even take when they're kidnapping Princess Buttercup and they give her like the little Vulcan death grip and she passes out. Oh I'm yeah, take on, the... on the neck. Just, I'm gonna take those. All right, okay? I like it. And there's quite. I'll take a sip. Quite a few. You gon' take a simp when. Hello, my name is Nick. My name is Diego Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that. Prepare to die. Prepare to die. When that is said, my friends. Hello, my name is Nigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. He's like, he's, keep at him. He's like, stop Hello. saying that. <laughs> my name is Nigo Montoya. Like, uh, I know. Yeah, so, so on that scene. Yeah, so get ready on that his little fight scene because he says it like five times in a row. <laughs> Just get a fresh drink at that Just, point. Yeah, Just get, be ready. Be ready for that one. You gonna take a simp when someone is on a horse? Oh my god, everyone's on a horse. Everyone's riding a horse in this movie. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, Wesley and Buttercup they pretty much move on foot, and their kidnappers also are on the boat. The most people that are on horses is going to be the king. Prince and his, Humperdinck and the, Count. Yeah, the, the prince and, and all them are all on the, their uh, horses. Four white horses at the end. He's like, I just found them and I thought that maybe, you know. Four white horses. And I thought, there are four of us. If we ever find a lady. Hello, lady. Hi, lady. Hello, lady. 
cute. I love that part. So I do too. Go ahead and take some simps on those, okay? Perfect. You're going to take a simp when there is sword fighting. Oh, <gasps> that's my favorite part. Then why are you smiling? Because you don't know. Because I know something you don't know. And what is that? I am not left handed. I'm not left handed. Throws it and catches it. <laughs> the right. Bing, bing, bing. Well, I'm not left handed. But I know something either. that you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I am not left-handed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the music too. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and then it breaks and they have like witty remarks. Oh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yes. So anytime there's sword fighting, which is quite a few. Um, quite a few times. Especially towards the end. Mm-hmm. I'm going to even take when Wesley's just fronting like he's going to start sword fighting. He don't even, he can't even sword fight. I'm going to take that too. <laughs> Drop. Drop your sword. Your sword. Yeah. Humperdinck, to the pain. Yeah, Humperdinck's bitch ass. He dropped that sword, grabbed his little skirt, and ran over and sat down, like, with a quick lift. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're going to take a simp when Buttercup says, Wesley. Oh, my sweet Wesley. What have I done? Oh, Wesley. My Wesley. My Wesley. Yes. My Wesley. So anytime, he is my love. Mm-hmm. Anytime she says his name, go ahead and take a sip. Okay. She says it quite Got often. It. Mm-hmm. You gonna finish your drink when Buttercup is shown to the kingdom. So when he's like, this is gonna be your new princess, y'all. And she comes out. <laughs> my people, the princess Buttercup. My dear people, you may know her as Princess Buttercup. And he announces her and she comes walking out and it's like the light shines the on her. Shines. But are we also considering the time when she comes out and he's like, your new queen, Queen Buttercup. And then she, the old lady goes, Bell! We bow, can't. so bow down to her, bow down to the Queen of Swine. Bow to the Queen of Slime, the Queen of Filth, the Queen of Putrescence. Boo! Boo! You left your true love. No, I'm not going to take the one because that's a dream. Love. That's not real. Yeah, the other one is a dream. You're right. It is a dream. It's a fucking nightmare. You going to finish your drink? You going to finish your drink when they... Take Wesley to come back from the dead. So when they take him to a Miracle Max, Miracle Max, and he's like, "Bye, bye, boy. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work. It would take a miracle. Bye, have fun storming the castle. Do you think they're gonna make it? <laughs> it'll take a miracle. It's gonna take a miracle. <laughs> so yes, you gonna take a simp at that time because shit's about to get real. Gonna get real." You gonna finish your drink when you see the number one true love's kiss. There have been five really great kisses. Since the invention of the kiss, there have been five kisses that were rated the most passionate, the most pure. This one left them all behind. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god, she's losing it. You already think the act I the know. Drink? Absolutely. Mm. I am obsessed. It's when she goes, Fawn boy. Fawn boy. Fawn boy. Fawn boy. 
on board. I will take that. That can also go hand in hand with the Wesley. So she either says Wesley, Wesley or the farm boy. Can you hand me that picture up there? Farm boy, fill these with water, please. As you wish. Like, so good. It's like, are you kidding me? Get out of here with these farm boys. Like, who talks like that? I, like, don't understand how he fell in love with her. I know she was, like, beautiful, but, like, don't call me farm boy. Like, farm boy. You name. know what my name is. I work for this damn farm for I how long? <laughs> I know. No, no, no. Trust me. I know they're true loves. It's okay. But so I want. I was hoping we could throw that one in there. So you remember when she goes, and you could die for all I care. She pushes him down the big hill. Yep. And he falls out and he goes, as you wish. And she's like, oh, my God, my sweet Wesley. Wesley. What have I done? Yep. And so she, like, pushes herself to go down. And, like, there is a never-ending. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, And the sound was like, ooh, ooh, Like, it's so funny. So I challenge people to chug for as long as they're falling down the hill, like just chug your drink the entirety, trying not to laugh, enjoying the scene. I think it's hilarious, <laughs> and I want to challenge people to chug during that time. Okay, for sure. And then the last one, when Grandpa classically, he'll be reading the book and he'll stop abruptly. He'll be just like, "She doesn't get eaten by the eels at this time." She doesn't get eaten by the eels at this time. What? You get, you're like, like in the moment. You look like you're getting nervous over there. I'm explaining to you because you look nervous. I was nervous. I just want yeah. to let you know she's <laughs> not going to die. Know. She's not going to die. She's like, I Jesus, know, Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> Damn, bitch, I can't just be caught up in the moment. I know. He does it a couple of times. That's not the first. He'll stop a couple of times again in the film. What? What? Now he's kissing again. You don't want to hear that. Uh, never mind. He's like, what happens? And he's just like, it's that kissing part. You don't want to hear that. Again. I mean, so it's, like, no, no, no. I want to hear. I want to hear that. I could hear it. I mean, it's not always <laughs> that bad. He's like, but one day you, time, you will, you will think it's so bad one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every single time Grandpa wants to like suddenly stop the story, I take a sip. Be like, damn it, Grandpa. I like that. <laughs> I'm Grandpa. So into it. Those are the only three that I would request to be put into the drinking game. All right. Is that okay? That's fine. Yes. I guess. Yes, 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 yes. I guess. <laughs> you, I, oh, yes. That's right. She's going to put it up tonight. Oh. <laughs> well, Finish that off. is the motherfucking drinking game. Yes, sir. <laughs> so are you ready for the motherfucking stats? Give me those stats. Give me those, give me those, give me those stats. Stat me up, stat me up, stat me up, girl. Uh, uh, you're about to get them stats. I'm so ready for these. I'm gonna fill you with stats. I'm gonna hit you with stats. Stats. Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, Princess Bride came out October 9th, 1987, baby. Good year. Good year. So, this budget for this movie was $16 million. Whoa. Translate that money into 2020 money. Mm-hmm. It's about $37 million to make this movie. So not as much as I thought it would have cost. Neither. I'm surprised. Wow. Okay. And it made $30 million, which translated in 2020 money is $69 million. So it made money. It made sense, but it didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. 
Yeah, I mean, they don't. They they made their money back and then some, but. I'm surprised. Yeah. I, I would have agreed with them. This I thought this would have been like a big hit. Yeah. So you ready for the Rotten Tomatoes? Mm. Yes, I am. Let's do it. I brace myself. I clutch my pearls. All right, clutch them, girl. Because <laughs> critics, 97%. And that's like practically perfect. I know, right there. Way for a critic. Right there. And the audience gave it... 94%. So it's ranking pretty high on them Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, it is. So for the ZZ Fresh. <laughs> Give me that ZZ Fresh, Z. Give me that ZZ Fresh. What do I want to hear from you right now? ZZ Fresh. 1%. This movie is awful. I can't believe that we even picked it. Like, I almost... <laughs> oh, you guys can see her face. My. She's about to jump through the screen and God. kill me. My name is a nigga Matoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> you killed my vibe. Prepare to I'm die. Sorry. Oh my god, her vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Bitch, don't kill All right, my I'm vibe. joking. I know you are. You had me for a minute. No, you like you saw me for like if it's a second, I was like, what did that bitch just say? Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, say what? Uh come again, ho, because I know you're wrong. Thanks so much for listening to us. Uh, this has been Lights Camera Cocktails. Cocktails. Looks like we're over. I guess we're over. Zenobia's body was found in the desert somewhere. Anyway, so uh, my ZZ Fresh is 100%. Obviously, I love it. The casting's good. The writing's good. Mm-hmm. Even the cheesy 80s special effect on some stuff looks good. Yeah. Um, I'm about it. About it, about it. have many, many memories about this movie. And I love it. Uh, I am so glad to hear that because the Lenny best <laughs> over here is all about this movie. I give it a hundred percent. I love everything about it. There's nothing wrong with this film. I am hesitant to hear if there's going to be a remake or like a sequel made because it's perfect. It's like a perfection in its entirety. And I don't want anyone to touch it and ruin it and like spoil what we have. Cause it's so. Okay. The sequel is just a book, another book. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be it made into. A oh, I thought you said that they were just making a film. Oh, okay, they're writing. A, he's writing no. a book. Yes, I'm stoked about this. Yes, so another book, not another movie. But you know, if the book comes, it's probably going to be another movie too. Money grab, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they could still use the same actors because I mean, Wesley and Buttercup look like just a little bit older than Wesley and Buttercup. <laughs> like <laughs> they both look really great. I don't know. What to do? They're fine. Yeah. So yeah, that's my stats. I like it. I like. Those. You were so pissed. <laughs> I was. I was really nervous. I was like, wait a minute. We talked about this. <laughs> so let's dive in. Let's. Uh, there's just so much fun stuff to talk about in this movie. In this film, we've already kind of talked about the screenwriter a little bit and the writer of the book. I'm ready to talk about the man who made this movie. Hell yeah, let's do it. I love this man. <laughs> I love this man. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's talk about the guy who put all this shit together and made it happen, Mr. Rob, Rob Reiner. Now, we have not done a movie of his yet. This is our first one of his. Yes! Yeah, you picked it. I and, know. Uh, this is probably one of his biggest ones. I mean, like cult, cult classic wise, people who just love it and quote it and you know show it to their kids and their kids and their kids. 
But Rob Reiner came from an acting family. Yes, he does. He is he is um, Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Um, his mom was an actress, and she you might know her from one of his famous movies when Harry met Sally. She plays the lady in the diner. In the diner. Who says the most famous line from this entire movie. I'll have what she's having. That is his mom. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. She's done multiple other things, but that's probably the thing that everybody has seen her in. Mm -hmm. And so he also has a dad. Carl Reiner. Who knew? (laughs) Who knew he had a father? Who knew? Who knew he had a father who also has been losing his hair for forever? Um (laughs) Is a huge, big-time actor, writer, and producer. They, that's why they look alike. They, they really do look alike. Especially the older they both got, the closer they look alike. You are so funny. <laughs> I love you. They do. They do very much look a lot alike, though. You could put them right by side each other, and they just they yeah. look exactly the same. He, you would know him as you know for all our millennials out there. He's the old guy in Ocean Eleven movie. He is. <laughs> he is. There you go. He's still you kicking it. Yeah, and he's done so much more. You know, he started back during, like, the Dick Van Dyke days. Yeah, that's Um, the Dick Van Dyke show. That's what put him on the map and helped, you know, project this this awesome family. And he just recently passed away in the past, like, couple months. He passed away in, in 2020. So the last thing that he did, like, within, like, three days before he died was a short parody of this movie. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Where he plays the grandpa mm-hmm. and Rob plays the grandson it was such, in the bed. I love the way that they shot it too because they had all the different characters. All Everyone's in like their own isolation and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of just like shooting in their own scenes and it's like a bunch of different actors. Oh, it was so good. I did see like the Jack Black one where he was like climbing up the... <laughs> the stairs of his like backyard it's like it, it was really cutely done yeah it um, was good i suggest you I, I guys check it. it out check it out it's really funny but yeah he just passed away so that that kind of sucks r.i.p carl r.i.p but rob i didn't realize that his old ass is all in the family yeah he's on yeah mm-hmm. he was bald then he was balding then, and he was super young. I didn't even realize that was him. It's hilarious. I literally, I didn't realize that until you're this week. Killing me right now. I am dying <laughs> over here. Is it too mean? <laughs> so funny. I can't. <laughs> Dude, his Kodasak was like in full view back then. Yeah, and that was like the seventies. Um, so by the time he was doing this movie, he was real bald. Yeah. He was he was probably a little bit he had a little more hair than he has now. <laughs> <laughs> but that blew my mind. I didn't even like realize that. He's like responsible for a lot of my favorite things. Like honestly. Like acting in it or producing it or directing. Like when Harry Masali is a director for that and like Stand By Me, The Story of Us. I like I just and then The Princess Bride. Like I just love him. And then Misery. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. The mockumentary. Ugh, that's like so good. That's his first film. You you made me watch that. I did. You were the first person to make me watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? What is this? And you're like, you could just watch you it. Just watch it. Just watch it. <laughs> Christopher Gass. And I sat there. And you know what you did? She brought me Nacho Mountain into the room. And I didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> Got real high, ate some nachos, and watched Spinal Tap. <laughs> 
like, that's how I get friends is that I lure you in with a great movie, make you Nacho Mountain, and we're together forever. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't get rid of this man. I know. But you eat my nachos, so it's okay. I do. Never Um, ending endless nachos. I know. I love Spinal Tap. It's so good. Did you know the fun fact about Spinal Tap? I didn't write it down because I figured you would, but I'll tell it. Tell it. Oh, okay. So I didn't write it down, so I'm just going to give you the cliff notes because I don't know names. There's this guy from a band. Rob asked him to write the music for the movie. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, I'll do it. But you have to get that hat that you wore in Spinal Tap and put it into this movie somehow. And Rob's like, okay. Because he has like this like weird, I guess it looks like a, not a sailor hat, but it looks like it has like a, some gold embroidery. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to his hat like that, like up up close. Mm-hmm. But he has this hat in Spinal Tap that he wears. It's when the he captain's. Comes like, yeah, it looks like a captain's hat. Yes, and he figured out how to stick this in this movie, which you can see it. So when they do the present day in Fred Savage's room, if you look behind him on the desk lamp, that hat is sitting there. Oh, stop it! That's so fun. fun. Mm-hmm. Ha 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 ha. That's really cute. Easter egg. Yeah. So uh, good little Easter egg. Thanks for pointing that out. I love it. Yep. So there you go. I have another fun fact. Give me a fun fact. Okay. So Rob got uh this book, Princess Bride, as a gift from his father. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I think that you would uh enjoy it. One of my friends wrote this book and I think that you would enjoy it. So he loved it and Eventually, I think he even passed it down to some of his kids, but he eventually ended up making this movie all because his dad gave him the book. He's such a sweet man. Yeah. And Rob, he got a star in 1998, and it's right next to his dad's. So they're right next to each other. How cool is that? We'll be together forever in Hollywood stardom. Yeah. That's really sweet. I love it. I got one more of his. Give it to me. Do you know he's in this movie? Yes, I do know he's in his movie. Drop it. Drop it. <laughs> so Rob made the sounds for the R.O.U.S.'s. Mm-hmm. What about the R.O.U.S.'s? Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. Until it comes out of some swamp and tries to eat you alive. So he made the sound effects for this animal and he got him all deep and blah, 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 blah. he made all these noise <laughs> and he like almost lost his voice like doing this so he comes out of the booth and he's like oh did we get it and the sound engineer guy forgot to push play so they didn't get his first take and he had to go back in the booth and redo them all again i'd fire this guy like you had one fucking job i know who doesn't who doesn't push play or unpause that's ridiculous Look, I'm sorry. Sometimes it happens. Oh, I can't, she, you know, I'm drunk okay. while I'm doing it. Don't get defensive. I wasn't talking about you. Yeah, that sounds like a personal jab over here, bitch. Wow. Don't I, get mad because I'm half drunk. This sound engineer guy should be sober. That's his real job. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up a couple times and now I'm about the bad guy. <laughs> oh. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you are too funny oh my god i'm obsessed with you never You're leave too me funny. you set you set that up never leave me. 
I mean, I guess I can't be too bad at the engineer, but damn, sober me can do it. It's the drunk me when you have me pausing and unpausing and stopping and stopping and going. Mm-hmm. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a you little. Want. I got a little fun fact with Rob Reiner and Spinal Thank Tap, and then Christopher Ooh. Guest, who also stars Christopher Guest, who we're going to talk about in just a minute because. He, I love him. Uh, he also is in Spinal Tap, which is Rom Reiner's first film. And what's really iconic in Spinal Tap, if you've never watched the movie, but his aunt goes up special to uh, volume 11. You know, it's typically it goes to 10, but I've got my aunt, it goes up to 11. In this movie, the Christopher Guest, who plays the Count Rugen, has six fingers on one hand. So that makes a total of 11. 11. That's one of my favorite little fun facts. I was like, and Rob Reiner like loved it. He was like, oh my God, this is the best. Bro, the fuck. Total full circle. Total full circle. So before we move on from Rob, like other than Princess Bride, because I already know this is like your favorite movie of his. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to ask you like directing wise. And then you can tell me acting wise too, because sometimes you ask. Um, okay, yeah, directing-wise, besides this movie, because that's just not fair. Because Not fair. I would totally just pick this movie. Um, <laughs> I would say if I had to pick another favorite of his, to be honest, like if I was going to say I watched another movie, it'd be When Harry Met Sally. Yep. I love that movie. It's solid. It's it's the constant battle, like, can men be friends with women that they don't want to fuck? Like, <laughs> it's just it's a right i love it so i would say that one but my favorite movie he acts in would have to be a tie between the story of us what the conversations he has with bruce willis about shoving the bread off the top of his leg like there is no ass it's just the top of the legs (laughs) um yeah and then also um sleepless in seattle across from tom hanks oh i love right i love that movie you got a nice ass. Um, <laughs> you always talking about asses. <laughs> I guess I just really love it when he's talking about butts. He, yeah. <laughs> what about you? What is your favorite? Yes. Directing-wise and then, oh, well, no, then, but I love Spinal Tap. No, 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 I take it back. It's Spinal Tap. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, before you say all his filmography, I would have to say, other than this movie, it would definitely be Misery, which is one of my favorites. Well, of course. Um, he is it just gets me every time and i love kathy bates Mm -hmm. it's just like you know james Caan. it's just like i can't i can't not love that fucking movie and also stand by me which is probably the movie of his i probably watched the most yeah it's so Um, good it's so good he also did the bucket list i fucking love the bucket list (laughs) i knew you were gonna i know that you love the bucket list i knew (laughs) i love the bucket list shout out to my friend amanda me and her watch that so often it, it was just not funny. That came out in 2007, but I watched it a lot. It was on HBO all the goddamn time. And I didn't realize that was his movie, but I love the bucket list. I do. I do. Oh, you're too funny. And also Ghost of, of Mississippi. Have you ever seen that one? I haven't, actually. Ghost of Mississippi. Oh, girl. It, I, you need to watch it. I feel like this is a great movie, especially for the time that we're in right now. Okay. It, he directs it, but it, it stars... Alec Baldwin, James Wood, Whoopi Goldberg. <gasps> Whoopi? And yeah, Whoopi's husband gets killed by uh, James Wood, and he's like this racist ass, like cop in Mississippi. Of course. And it just kind of like goes like unsolved for like decades. Eventually, Alec Baldwin is like a lawyer. Ooh, 
it's like a courtroom drama. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love those. Mm-hmm. So good. Plus, they make James Wood look super old in it. It's oh such God. a great movie. Um, I don't know where it's streaming or anything. Okay. But I would definitely go get that one to watch. Writing it down. A very good one. Oh, right. I didn't realize down. that was this movie, but it scarred me as a child kind of deal. Like, it, it stuck with me as a child when I watched it. Wow. Like 96. That's amazing. All right. Well, we can move on to who you, who you want to go to. Uh, oh, I love him in Wolf of Wall Street, by the way. I forgot. <laughs> Oh, that's right. He is in Wolf of Wall Street, Jay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my he's, God. He's playing like their lawyer or something. Mm-hmm. He's just like, he's the lawyer. We, can't have stripper, we can't have strippers in here. Like, and you're doing coke off their ass and shit. Like. <laughs> oh, he's so good. He's so great. Rob Reiner, thank you so much for all that you've done. I really appreciate you. I, I think you're beautiful. I appreciate you. Thanks. I would love to be on one of your movies. Your, your, your collection of movies that you've directed is just... You hit all of the levels. All the levels. Oh my god! I I just thought about when he was in the uh, the first Wives Club and he's the the plastic surgeon, and Goldie Hawn is oh, in yeah. the chair. She's like, fill him like, up. He's like, if I fill him up anymore, you're gonna look like Jagger. You're like, my, you're my masterpiece. What do you? You're want? my masterpiece. <laughs> I forgot about. I want them bigger. Bigger. We're definitely gonna do that movie. I fucking love First Wives Club. I love Club. The First Wives Club. Jason will definitely be back for a guest for that one. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Love that movie. (laughs) Love that movie. movie. Well, why don't we just jump on in and start talking about the actors? All right. Oh, beautiful. Um, Let's, of course, why don't we start off with the woman of the film, her Mm -hmm. beautiful film debut, Miss uh, Robin Wright as Princess Buttercup. The Princess Buttercup. Princess Buttercup. Okay, we've already talked about her, uh, Robin Wright, in uh, Forrest Gump. She plays Janae. So if you want any more fun facts about her, I would suggest you listen to that. That's one of my favorite episodes anyway, you guys. Definitely listen to that. Yeah, definitely listen to it. Other than that, this, like, okay, here's another one of me being so dumb and naive. I didn't realize that was her until like the past like year really <laughs> yes. i didn't know that was her buttercup but i just it just took me forever to even realize that was her, her. oh my god i love you <laughs> i love you yeah, yeah that was it's her. something about watching movies like watching these movies as a child mm-hmm. and then watching them as, adult, as an and adult and realizing who these people i watched it as an adult but i still watched it as like a child like oh i love this part not paying attention to who the fuck she turned out to be <laughs> yeah she's princess buttercup she's classy this is before she became rob uh, she married sean penn so she's still robin wright young mm-hmm. young beautiful robin wright my favorite little fun fact about this was she was still filming a soap opera she was on santa barbara the soap opera when she got cast in this show and she was just like i need to not be working so i can go film this and they were just like no sorry we have you on contract you have to do this like what is it yeah. what is it that i can do to get off of filming the show for a minute just so i can do this film they're like sign nine more months after the film is released Ugh. and then you know we'll take that as like your that's the contract deal. So she did it. She signed up for an additional nine months onto that soap opera just so she could do this film. And that's just like, wow, she really just sucked it up, did what she had to do because it. she knew that this film was going to be big. Totally worth it. 
it was worth it. She's forever. I mean, some people don't recognize her, but she is forever remembered <laughs> as Princess Buttercup to so many. Uh, you just do like, another fucking dig on me, bitch. <laughs> Some bullshit. Yes, I did not realize that was her until in the recent. Until of the recent. She also is in House of Cards. She also is in the Wonder Woman movies. Uh, yeah, she is. She's an Amazon for real. She's an Amazon. She, she looks great. I know. She's incredible. That woman is like seamless. Like she's. Hasn't, she doesn't do anything to herself. She's completely all natural and she looks gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And she dominated House of Cards. I mean, and she had to take it over towards the end. Mm-hmm. And she, she killed it. She like finished Claire Underwood perfectly. Like it just, it was, it was wonderful. I love her. And if you want to hear more about her, she's super cool and she's super exciting. So go listen to the Forrest Gump episode and catch yeah. up on Robin Wright because she's worth it. Check her out. Can I give you a fun fact? Give me a fun fact. She owns two oil wells in Texas. She's from Texas. Texas. <laughs> yeah, so she's just making that oil money. Ooh. Was it a family oil rig? Or was is it something that know. she pursued herself personally? I think she might have pursued herself personally. Because it just said she owned it, not like she inherited or invested. I don't know. And she's been working since the age of 14. She was a model in Paris and Japan. Yeah. How gorgeous. So gorgeous. She's like perfect. But um, for this role, the Princess Bride Buttercup, she was nominated for the Saturn Award for Best Actress, but that was it. A Saturn Award. A Saturn Award. Well, the Princess Bride. I love, oh God, she's just, she's amazing. I'm trying to think of my favorite thing that she's ever been in. <laughs> Easy. Forrest Gump. Sorry. Easy. Nothing could stop me and Tom Hanks. Not that she hasn't been in awesome stuff because she's in like Unbreakable. And no. of course, like I said, the Wonder Woman movies, which she's going to be in the new one, uh, the Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, she is. I can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, definitely there's no hands down Forrest Gump. Yeah, I would have to say it's probably Forrest Gump. I just love her. So yeah, go, go listen to that episode. But... Do you want to hear some fun facts? Well, about fun fact. who went out for this role? Ooh, who she beat out? Who she beat out. Wow. She beat, yeah, let's do it. She beat out Uma Thurman. They didn't give it to her. They said she looked too exotic for this role. Also, I think wow. she was probably too tall for... Uh, Carrie. Yeah, that's what I, I would think. But that's just me. But they did say she was too exotic. Whatever that means. What a compliment. <laughs> yeah. no, if, I, if someone told me I was exotic, I'd be like, thank you. You suck. <laughs> you suck. Give me the job. Um, also, Meg Ryan went out for this. I did read that. And Courtney Cox both went out for Buttercup. But Robin, she was one of the very last people out of 500 to audition. Uh, she didn't think she was going to get it, but they just loved how beautiful that she looked. English accent such a natural bought on and she just you know she's she stole Rob's heart so they they cast her I love it she's the only buttercup to my mind for sure yeah I can't see any of those other women in the part and I think they would all also agree like the part is iconically hers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. too beautiful thanks for that fun fact fun fact fun fact okay let's talk about Carrie Ellis let's talk about Carrie this fool. He's amazing. He is 
Wesley. Oh, my sweet Wesley. Like He's Wesley. He was born to play that role. He was like, born honestly, to play that role. And, it, and it's not the first time either he gives you that, like, good doer, like, adventurous, strong type that's, you know, intriguing and who are you? You're so crazy. I love it. Like, Robin Hood met in tights. Oh, my God. I was like, are we going to talk about it? Of course we're going to talk about it. We're men. Manly men. We're, we're men, men in tights. Tights. <laughs> Go tights. around the world looking for fights. Um, he also is in Saw, the first Saw. The very first Saw. Um, he's in Twister. He's in Twister, which I forgot because he is the fucking dude I... that they, they're they always like racing against. I, I know. He's so good. Yeah. I like love him. In that movie, he's in Ella Enchanted. Yes. Sir Edgar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love him. He's all over the place. Like, you He's... definitely have seen him in something. He was in, like, he was in The X-Files, season nine of The X-Files. Yeah, he was. He was FBI agent Fulmer. I was obsessed. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear God. What are you talking about? He also was recently uh, in the last season of Stranger Things. He plays the mayor. Yep, he plays the mayor. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's probably the most recent that I've seen him. But him and Robin in real life were like smitten. That's why like their love looks so real. They kind of were infatuated with each other. I don't know like how far it went. Like if they're like really got together. But their chemistry, like literally everybody could see it on or off camera. And I think yeah. that's why we believe their love story so much because he said that he like when she was on set, he couldn't not stare at her or not think about anything but her. Like Exactly. And I believe that they never actually got together because they wanted to keep the perfect infectious relationship that, that they had for each other. Like, cause they were just both so enamored with each other's beauty, with each other's respect and love. They they took care of each other on this film. Because this was like a big deal for him, too, because he had just done the film Lady Jane mm-hmm. starring Helena Bowman Carter uh, as well. And Rob Reiner had seen this film. He's like, that's him. That's my Wesley. It's got to be him. It's because he had the most gorgeous face. Like, he was so beautiful. He mm-hmm. was very athletic. And women just loved him. Like, he says that till this day, women will come up to him and say, can you, like, whispered in my ear and he'd be like as you wish oh as you wish oh he said he gets like old ladies young ladies fat ladies skinny ladies and he does it for everybody so if you see him i don't know if he'll do it now with the coronavirus but once this is all done said and done i would if i ran into him i would be like wesley fun boy a fun boy boy. (laughs) literally everybody in this entire film says that this movie is what people quote to them the most. Oh no, yeah this this movie is completely quotable. Like it is so hard to not like just quote after quote. I was watching it. I've watched it three times this week already, <laughs> I <watched it laughs> which isn't unheard of because of the show. But like I probably would have done it anyways. I own it. I mean, it's on Disney it's on Plus. Disney you can go stream it, but I own it. It's I uh, I bought a Rob Reiner uh, collection. It was with uh, When Harry Met Sally and Spinal Tap and. Uh, the Princess Bride. Anyways, I can just do the entire movie. Like I can start to finish, completely do all the dialogue, the whole script, 
it, I love this movie so much. It's just it's so well written, and it is a it's a cult classic. I mean, it happens to Mandy Patinkin. People specifically want to hear him say, "You've killed my father." That's all they really, really want to. I mean, all of his fans because he's and it's his favorite character too. Mm-hmm. Like he, he has been known that this and everybody in this whole entire film talks about how great this, this like show was. Like time. they. Yeah. They had such a good time. Andre the Giant said he never felt more comfortable on a set yep. than this movie. So they like, didn't people didn't look at him or like, you know, treat him like he's this weird giant. They just like treated him like a chill ass dude. Yeah, he truly enjoyed working on the set. But let's get back to Wesley. <laughs> yes, Carrie. Carrie Wesley, the dread pirate Roberts. You're the dread pirate Roberts, admit it. Man in black. So I don't know how he even made it through this movie. Because I feel like he could have died, like, twice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Absolutely. Because he did all of his own stunts, except some of the somersaults. Yep. Okay. So, here's one for you guys to look out for. Okay. So, apparently, Andre the Giant, he's a big motherfucker. And they would give him a, like, four-wheeler to get from, you know, his dressing room and to set. Because he just had had back he surgery. just had back surgery. So, he kept asking him like hey man you should just come on and ride on this thing and finally gets him to ride on it and the first time he rides off he fucking flips and like breaks a toe and like fucks his ankle up pretty bad and he is terrified Mm -hmm. to tell rob like oh my god i like fucked up all of our shooting schedule which i would be too and like waited until the very last minute to tell him like oh hey girl i'm kind of hurt yeah but he constantly was like, look, just I don't want to fuck it up anymore. Let me finish this scene. And so the scene where he's talking about how uh, Wesley was pleading for his life. He died well. That should please you. No bribe attempts or blubbering. He simply said, please. Please, I need to live. If you pay good attention, you see that he is walking very carefully through this field, putting his foot down very gently. And when he goes to sit mm-hmm. down, you see that he kind of does like this one-legged like squat deal. And when he comes back up, he also does like the same thing where he's not putting the pressure on one of his legs because of that. So mm-hmm. he could have definitely died from that. Well, one of my favorite, it's, it's when he has his foot elevated and he's got his hands behind his head and he goes, life is pain, highness. Mm-hmm. Life is pain, highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Anyone who says differently is selling something. <laughs> it's it, that it, that is the exact scene where he had to like he had to be off his feet because it was hurting him so bad. Also, there was another injury that he suffered. He the scene where he sees the man with the six fingers and he notices Christopher Gast. And he's like, hey, you have six fingers on your right hand. Someone was looking for you. I know a man who was looking for a guy with six fingers, and then he gets clocked on the top of his head. Well, he told Gas that, hey, you know, really hit me so that I could, like, you know, get a good reaction. So he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to hit you. And he fucking hits him on the top of the head and locked him out, knocked him out. Uh, They missed a day of shooting because he had to go to the hospital. So that take yeah. that we do see in the film is him really getting knocked out. So you're really seeing him get knocked out on film. Think about that next time you laugh because it looks funny. The motherfucker really was <laughs> past the he fuck He really out. got knocked out. <laughs> Not so it funny. It really happened. 
So yeah, there was another pretty big serious injury on this set with Mandy Patinkin. Oh my God. He admitted that the most serious injury that he got on set was a bruised rib because he couldn't stop fucking laughing at Miracle Max played by Billy Crystal. Apparently it was so bad. Billy Crystal was just going off improvising. It this, The scene took the entire day. I read that it was three 10 hour days. Oh, that's right. It was three 10 it hour was three days. Three 10 hour days for him, for them to film it. And that, Billy Crystal never said the same joke like twice. Mm -mm. And so he just had them in stitches, literally. (laughs) Well, Rob Reiner couldn't stay in the filming. He had to leave. Like he couldn't handle himself. He couldn't keep a straight. He couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) So Rob had to like reside out of there. He couldn't do it. I just wish, I wish there was outtakes or his scene was longer because I want to see what would bruise a motherfucking rib. I know. (laughs) Have some storm in the castle. He's like, I like it lean. A nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is ripe. It's so perky. I love that. Oh, my God. I love that duo, too. Like, they are too perfect together. To have fucking Billy Crystal and Carol Kane together as this couple is just comedic genius. Carol Kane is one of my favorite people in the entire world. I, like, love her I feel like so you much. Guys, She's on the- you guys could be, like, the same person, I could feel. Like, I love her. I definitely love her in Kimmy Schmidt. She's, like, the fucking Lillian. crazy. Run, Lillian! That's what she's always telling herself. And she's like, you know, I love her. I love her in Scrooge. Like, she always mm-hmm. says something great for me. And I love that, you know, this was her. Yep. She was one of my favorites. Too. She was uh, Madame Morble in Wicked, the musical. Oh. I know. She's so great. Yeah. Them as a duo is just, it kills me every single time. And every single time she, like, comes screaming, like, screeching like the little witch that she is. She's just like, Liar! 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 Get back, witch! I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> liar! Liar! You liar! Mm-hmm. He said true love. <laughs> you never had it so good. Yeah, <laughs> I, their relationship is awesome. I also think this was like the first time Billy and Rob worked together, and I think that that's why he, you know, he made sure that he did when Harry met Sally with them because he's just so brilliant at you know improving, adding on to whatever is on the page. You know, he can play every man. He could play some weird, you know, troll dude who's going to save. Like, he he's so well-rounded. Like, he's great. I want to do City Slickers. I love him. Yep. <laughs> City Slickers 2 is my fave. City Slickers 2. Do you want a fun fact? Yeah, give me a fun fact. This movie didn't make as much money as we all thought it was going to make. But it did become a huge, big hit moneymaker when it went on to VHS and was played on cable. And that's where our generation and a couple, like a generation before us, really got a hold of this movie. Maybe not everybody went to the theaters to go see it, but they definitely all went to Blockbuster to rent it. They definitely watched it in the summertime on HBO or TNT or wherever the fuck it came on. Because I know that's how I saw it. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes a real good cult classic. We owned it on VHS. That was... That's what I saw with me and my cousins. That's how we watched it. Okay. So can we talk about my favorite person in this movie? Sure. Who's your favorite person in this movie? Andre the Giant, baby. Oh, I love Andre. Yeah. Let's talk about Andre the Giant. Okay. So 
I felt this is where I went into my deep dive and I fell down a rabbit hole on looking up something. And it was Andre. Andre the Giant is a giant. <laughs> He's actually a giant. He's actually a giant. He was born. He's a French. Yeah, he was born in France uh, to immigrant mm-hmm. parents. And he came out of his mother at 11 pounds. He was a big baby. Big ass baby. Um, he lived out on a farm and he loved farm life. You know, he'd been known to like stop cows in their tracks and, you know, all this, all these fucking things. And he just kept growing and growing and growing. And he ended up being seven foot four and over 500 pounds. And this guy at the age of like 14 just started really getting into sports and working out because a lot of things he couldn't do. Like his hands were so big that he couldn't even dial a phone. He'd have to use a pencil to push the buttons because his fingers were too big. He wanted to learn to play the mm-hmm. guitar, but he couldn't because his fingers were too big. So sports was like literally the only thing that he could make real good money at. And so he ends up becoming a wrestler because somebody at the gym, his friend was like, oh, the wrestling team, their person's, you know, got hurt and they need one more person on the team. You should probably do it. Like who could wrestle you? And yeah. that's kind of how he started. He became famous in France and Japan and stuff. And it wasn't until Mm -hmm. uh, he got here to America and ended up being on WWF or AKA WWE now. But back then. Now it's WWE. But back then. World Wrestling Entertainment. Entertainment. I don't know. You're from Florida. Did you guys watch a lot of wrestling? I know it's fucking huge out there. I swear to God, if Andrew's angry and Chris Muller are listening to the podcast right now, they're just like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we used to watch Monday Night Raw oh, yep. and SmackDown. Me too. We didn't really, we didn't make it a regular thing to watch SmackDown. We really just did Monday Raw because that was just our favorite. But yeah, I really liked wrestling. I never watched, I've never been to WrestleMania. I went to a Royal Rumble. I've never been either, um, but I've always wanted to. Oh my God, I've always wanted to go to WrestleMania. Are you kidding me? That'd be freaking epic. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Well... Speaking of WrestleMania, at the third WrestleMania in 1987, so the same year that this movie came out, Hulk Hogan beat Andre the Giant, beating his streak of being the world champion for 15 years straight. And in doing this, Hulk Hogan lifts Andre's 500-plus body up over his head and throws him down onto the ring and pins him, and he wins. This is big because one, like I said, Andre never lost because there was no one who could fucking mm-hmm. beat him. But no also, this exact moment fucked up Hulk Hogan's back for the rest of his life from holding up Andre the motherfucking giant. Other than that, you know, he was one of the biggest names in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> this crazy. I mean, he'll, he'll always be revered as one of the best champions. Yeah. And he was like the heel for Hulk Hogan towards the end of his career. But him and Hulk Hogan were actually best friends. And oh yeah, they're all the most of the fight. Well, back then I think most of the fighters were. I don't know. I was watching this documentary, and they were talking about the people that Andre the Giant did not like, and he basically beat the shit out of them for real in the the ring to the point where they would be like, "I don't even want to do this anymore because this fool's gonna kill me." He was a friendly giant (laughs) until you pissed him off. But his friends, like Hulk Hogan, said that. They would never see him not drink at least 24 to 156 beers in one sitting. So he can drink a 24-pack, like, during dinner. Because uh, it takes a lot for him to get drunk. He's fucking huge. 
But the record for him drinking beer in one sitting is 156 beers. Holy shit. That's a lot of beer. He has drank six bottles of wine in one sitting. Like, this full. Oh, I can do that. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> who, are you talking to? who are you talking to right now? I mean, he drank so much that when he was filming this movie, he racked up a bar pet tab of $40,000 on his drinking. <laughs> How crazy is that shit? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, Andre the Giant. That is like, that is beyond for me. Yeah, he's not a guy that you see in a bar and you're like, I'll pick up his tab. Like, no, nah, but I'm like, no. Whether he's eating or drinking, it's going to be too much money for me to be able to afford. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you mentioned, he did have back surgery prior to doing this. The only way that he was. Yeah was able to do this movie is because a WWF match was canceled and he opened up in his schedule for him to do this. The schedule opened up. They were supposed to have Arnold Schwarzenegger do it. He So originally he was the 1970s pick uh, by Goldman to be Fezzik. Like he was supposed to always have this character, but because of uh, scheduling conflicts, Andre wasn't able to do the the actual film. And so then they tried to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to do it when it came around again. And then Arnold was like, I can't, it's not in my schedule. And I cost, all of a, sudden, I cost a lot more now because I've done fucking Conan and, and Terminator. So they couldn't really afford him. Yeah. Um, but no, also there was another one who was supposed to be Kareem. Isaac. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was also asked to kind of do this role because he is a super tall dude. He actually is a fighter mm-hmm. and trained under Bruce Lee. So he does have, you know, fighting techniques down. But because he was in the NBA, his schedule was not open for him to do it. Now, I did read that originally Andre was the original idea for this character, period. Like he wrote it for yeah. Andre. He just could never get yeah. him to do it. And once he got the chance mm-hmm. to do it, there's nobody else I would want to see. No, not nobody. It had to be Andre the Giant. Are you kidding me? I got one more who, it's who, so perfect. who auditioned. Who? Liam Neeson. <laughs> he, get out of here. He was turned down because he wasn't <laughs> tall, like big enough, but he auditioned. Yeah. For I mean, love Liam Neeson. He would have been adorable in that. But no, he's not Andre the Giant. And it needed to be Andre the Giant. He has select skills and it's not being a giant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but fun fact because he had to have back surgery uh right before the film uh because his schedule had opened up this is something that he had to schedule and he had to do a lot of the stunts uh they had to go easy on him they yeah. he didn't do a lot of physical uh endeavors whenever somebody was climbing on top of him they were being suspended by wires uh, when he's holding like Princess Buttercup at the end, when he picks, when he grabs her and is cradling her, she's being suspended in the air by wires because he couldn't even do the simple task of like holding her because he was in so much pain. Oh, that's not what I heard. I heard that she yeah. was, um, I mean, she only really jumps from like a foot above his head into his arm. But mm-hmm. if you can, you can see uh, there's a black board that is drilled into the ground that is pushing against Andre. So when he does catch her, the weight isn't put on him. It's put on this wooden thing. Yeah. Mm. There was also a bunch of ramps for people to step on so that they're not on his back or they would use yeah. a stump double. Who's a lot shorter than seven foot four for the wide shots of like Wesley on his back and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he was in a lot of pain. And that's also a reason why he drank so much. Yeah. 
always in a lot of pain. Poor guy. Yeah, he did die at the age of uh, 47. 45. Oh, was it 47. Was 47. No, 46. 46. He died when he was 46. January 27th, 1993. Yeah, he died in France. He was in France attending his father's funeral. And like three days mm-hmm. after that, he died. So, Had a heart attack. Yeah. At least he was home. Yeah, at least he was home. So that's a little bit of Andre the Giant. Had to throw that for Sexy little Andre. Are there rocks up ahead? Fuzzy, are there rocks ahead? If there are, we'll all be dead. If there is, we'll all if be dead. Is, we'll all be dead. <laughs> Stop rhyming. I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? Anybody want a peanut? Yeah, he has like some of my favorite lines. Like, hi, lady. And he's just so sweet. He is. He really is. Like, he doesn't even want to take advantage of Wesley. He's like, I threw that rock. I missed on purpose so that you would have your guard I missed on purpose. So we could just like fight normal because I don't want to just bash you in the head. It's some bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just kill you. It's no Mm -hmm. big deal. (laughs) Yeah, so... I love him. He's my favorite part of this entire movie. Well, my, I would have to say like my personal, super like fun, exciting favorite parts of this is definitely the stage combat for me. Fun fact, Mandy Patinkin to kind of go into him now because he's just such a brilliant actor. He's done a lot of theater. He is such a renowned theatrical actor. He really dives and gets into character and does this. Crazy method Uh, acting. So like (laughs) very huge. And so What's crazy is that for this character, like he he was already almost practically made for this character. He had been fencing for over 10 years. He had started way back in college. Like he had trained in Juilliard 10 years beforehand. And he had still been still been fencing. Um, but two months prior to going into this, he was like, I'm going to become a fanatic about it. And uh Henry Harturian who uh, is the head coach of fencing at Yale at the time, took him on for two whole months to get him prepared. Whereas Carrie Elwes was like, "Um, I'm just going to do the training that they give us for the film. And he realized how far behind he was and didn't even realize like what this was actually going to partake. Like these guys did training then with two of the most legendary stuntmen uh, for rapier dagger scenes and like fencing. So there was Peter Diamond, who is a British stuntman and then Bob Anderson and Bob Anderson's really known a lot for doing like Jedi uh, laser. He's Darth Vader Uh, in the lightsaber scene of the empire strikes back Mm -hmm. and return of the Jedi. So when you see the laser fight scenes, that's Bob Anderson. And he was personally responsible for training both Elwes and Patinkin and they would go for like training days for, for, oh my God, they did eight to 10 hours a day training to do these fucking scenes. And it was beautiful. Like you have to give it to them because the scenes that they're doing, it's, it's all completely them. The only time that a stuntman came in was when they were doing any acrobatics or twists or somersaults of any kind. That's when you're seeing um, a stuntman, but basically they did all their own fighting. That is all them. And the dynamic is so good. They trained both right and left-handed. Like that is for real. That was what they did. And I'm, I'm super honored because when I was at the Academy of art with you, uh, I got to do stage combat for two semesters with uh, Edgar Garcia. He was our stage combat and we would pick two big pieces that we would do in a show. And me and Jared Holly, we had done the Mercutio and Tybalt fight scene. And then we did this one, the, Anigo Montoya and uh, the man in the black mask 
this was our second fight scene together. Oh. I heard uh, a lot about Mandy Patinkin. Yes, that he is very good at this stage compact. He was ready to do it. Uh-huh. Also, the lines that they are talking about in that scene about, you know, what moves they should do and what styles of fighting they should do. The Benetti's do. defense are, and the Capo Ferreira. Yeah, they're those real. Those are all real techniques. And it's all down to the mm-hmm. fact they did really do both hands, which I think is crazy. But Patinkin's big fight scene when he's fighting with the um, Count, Rugen. Count Rugen is a scene that got way out of hand. So Patinkin's dad died when he of was cancer. 20 when he was in cancer uh, because of cancer. And so he really honed in on like the missing of his dad and that this thing took his dad away that when he is really fighting in his head, he feels like he's fighting cancer that took his father away, not a six fingered man. So in the scene where he's up against the count, he goes so crazy that he stabs him in the leg and Christopher Guest is terrified. And you can see it on his face. And now that I know, cause I always thought that his sword work was very sloppy and it looked like, you know, maybe just cause he's just not as good, but it's because he was terrified for his life. Patinkin had a look of like, I'm really going to kill you in his eyes. He had already stabbed him in the thigh. And so he loses all of his choreography fighting and is literally fighting for his life. Like, oh, oh my God, exactly. he's going to fucking kill me. It's just, and mm-hmm. knowing that just makes me love that scene a lot more. Cause you're like, oh, this shit's real. It's so beautiful. When Manny Batinkin talks about this character, he he immediately says this is his favorite character he's ever performed, ever, ever had. Like, it is his favorite. And it's because he got such therapeutic, beautiful redemption in that scene. Mm-hmm. It is it is a beautiful, gorgeous scene. And yeah, like you said, when he is fighting, he is fighting against cancer what took his father away from him so there's so much passion and there's so much energy that yeah the scene started getting a little too far that even like christopher guest was like i i can't do this like we need to we need to stop this right now it's it it was intense it was beautiful yeah beautiful is beautiful is beautiful and so these are like all real techniques that they're they're talking about and they're having a little a tete-a-tete of words as well as fighting, which is so cunning and gorgeous and really fun to watch. It makes it just like, so it just, it, it's, it makes it so entertaining and it's so sophisticated and beautiful. It's, it's mesmerizing. It is. He did a great job. I yeah. love him. He I'm- was so believable. Will you take my word as a Spaniard? And he's like, I'll give you my word as a Spaniard. No good. I've known too many Spaniards. That is no, fun to be forever. I know too many Spaniards. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was a good man. I'll wait. He's like, yeah, you know, just catch your breath, man. You're cool. Just I swear on the on the life of my father, Domingo Montoya, you will make to the top of life. Throw me the rope. Throw, Throw me, me the, the rope. rope. <laughs> I do think it's funny that he shows Wesley the sword. Like, yeah, my father made this. He like hands over his weapon uh, yeah. to some oh, stranger yeah. who could have just like stabbed him. Take your time. Think of that. I'm gonna fight oh, that's one of, That is like one of my favorite quotes is okay, uh, are you ready now? He's like, if and if I wasn't, you really <laughs> you gave me a lot of time. He's just like, You seem like a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. You seem like a decent fellow. I hate to die. I, hate to die. <laughs> I love that. I hate to die. 
I love that scene. Yeah. I love it so much. Like, you classy ass man. I know. So good. Okay, so I got a fun fact for you. Fun fact. Give me, give me a, give me a little fun fact. So, like when we were talking about the R.O.U.S.s that attack Wesley. Oh, Rodents of Unusual Size. I don't believe in this. Yes. Well, oh, I don't think they exist. They do not exist. They were filled with a stunt man who was in a weird rat suit who uh, attacks them. But on the day of shooting, the stunt man didn't show up, yo. They're like, well, where the fuck is he? He's supposed to be here. He's super late. He comes running in and they're like, what the hell happened? He was like, look, last night I went out and I got some drinks. I was speeding on the way back home. I got pulled over. I had to spend a night in the drunk take. They wouldn't believe that I needed to go because I was in this movie. I kept telling them I'm playing a rat in this movie, and they didn't believe them. They didn't believe them. <laughs> oh my god! I gotta get back to the fire swamp, man. Come on! And they're like, Just get me back to the. Yeah, he's all screaming that, and they're looking at him like, "This is he on meth? Like, what the fuck? He's crazy." <laughs> He said he has to be a big rat in a fire forest. Like, what the hell is that? So funny. I thought that was a pretty funny thing. I like that fun fact. An R-O-U-S that almost didn't that exist. That almost didn't exist. <laughs> I mean, that that just just that scene alone had two things just go wrong with it. Stuntman shows up late and Rob loses his voice having to do it twice because the fucking guy didn't push play on the noise. <laughs> Terrible. Can we talk about Fred Savage real quick? I mean, we can just uh, stick our toes in him. <laughs> that sounded weird. Let's stick our toes in him. Yeah, let's stick our toes inside of a Fred Savage here. Savage. Why not? See how it goes. You're hilarious. Yeah. So this was Fred Savage's first movie. This has kind of got, you know, him in there. But if you were a kid of the 80s and early 90s, you definitely know him from this from wonder years you guys come on kevin arnold yeah this was at the same time that the wonder years started right yeah started in 1988 so a year after so yeah so this definitely helped him get the role he went in because they were looking for an average everyday looking kid that's what they wanted just Uh an average kid which he basically did through the 80s late 80s and early 90s uh showing up in the wizard or little monsters. Little, little monsters. I know, me too. And yeah, he totally wonder years it up until ninety-three and he showed up in places like he was on Boy Meets World, which his brother was the star of. Yep. Oh, little savage. Little savage. So he um He shows up in blackish. He was the dude with the mole on Austin Powers, the gold member. So, like, he shows up. He does a lot of voiceover work on cartoons and video games and such like that. He was also in Friends from College, that Netflix series. I love that show. Yeah, it only did about two seasons. I know. I was really bummed that it didn't get re-signed, especially because it was just, it was getting really good. You're like, damn it. He also, after a while, he went... From being in front of the camera to being behind the camera. Yeah, he he really like dives into production and producing. Yeah, he directed two episodes of Boy Meets World. Uh, he did a lot of like Zoe 101, Drake and Josh. He did a lot of like Disney Family kind of as episodes. He did that so Raven. So he he 
he keeps it going. Oh, he did Hannah Montana. Oh, so. I'm obsessed that he directed Daddy Day Camp. Oh, Day I'm Camp. I'm obsessed that he directed <laughs> that. That was his first ever direct directorial debut. Of like a movie. Yeah. He directed about 18 episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. He also has executive produced some of those. I think TV is his sweet spot. Yeah, he's like a he's he's a little prince of television for sure. And mm-hmm. he's supposed to be uh, executive producer for the upcoming new version of Wonder Years. Did you hear about that? Get out of here! No way. Are they bringing him back? Back? Okay. Uh, it looks like he's just like a director or a producer. They're not going to bring back like Kevin Arnold, but. Okay. The newer story from what I have read is going to be a black family in the middle class during the 60s of their wonder years. So it's going to be, you know, a flip of the coin of seeing like not everybody can have this nice white suburban life. You know, people who are the same type of people, just a different color, have to go through something else. So I am wondering how it's going to be. Hopefully it still tugs on the strings like wonder years did. But yeah. I'm down to see what okay. what it's going to be like. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. That's going to be so cool. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that's just a little bit on uh, Fred Savage. I love it. Little Fred Savage before he, like, got into his wonder years. I feel like we've almost hit everybody except... Peter Falk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mainly... I mean, he's just, yeah, he's like really known as Lieutenant Columbo. I just know him as Columbo. Uh, I don't watch that show, but it's just an old man show that my dad watches because he's an old man. <laughs> um, the only thing that I'm not sure I ever really like besides this movie uh, with Peter Falk would be Penelope. I saw the movie with Natalie Wood. That movie, that if you've ever, ugh, that movie is so trippy and weird. Yeah, I, I highly suggest watching it. It's really good. He plays the detective, classic, because <laughs> that is what he's. That's really just good his at. his niche. Peter Falk is just really good at playing like the detective. He's like, or a police he look, officer. He looks like the law. Okay, you got that bad. I'm coming to get you, bad boys face <laughs> that everyone fears. He's he's a he's a classic. He did a lot of television, a lot of television, a lot of television. I got a fun mm-hmm. fact about him, which is kind of weird. I didn't know about. Okay, what's the fun fact? His right eye was surgically removed at the age of three because of cancer. So he didn't. He doesn't have a right eye. We never seen him with a right eye. We just thought we did. Yeah, that convincing, huh? Yeah, he, like pretty cool. But yeah, I'm sorry uh, that we don't have enough fun facts for him. He did pass away. Well, I do have one really fun fact. That I thought was really, really cool. Ooh, give it to me. There's a statue of him as Columbo in, Pu- in Budapest, Hungary. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I don't that know. Makes, okay. That's it? apparently they just really love him over there. I don't know exactly why there's this statue of him. But it's like I, still love? Like, and there's a statue of him in Budapest. Now I'm going to look it up. Photo with him and his dog. Oh my god! I have to look this up. It's still sitting there. I know. This fool died in 2011, and he still has this Budapest statue. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's so cool. Like I, I couldn't find out any information on it. <laughs> All I could. Find if anybody was has seen this uh, statue, I want photos. I want a I photo photos of the statue. If you live down the street from it and you pass it every day on the way to work, I would like to know how did this happen? Why is he so big out there? Why? Yeah, there's no family relationship. I don't know why. He's not even from there, huh? 
<laughs> like no. what way? I don't know. I the want a statue somewhere. in the streets namesake, 19th century Hungarian political. Yeah, there's. I, I cannot find. So if anyone knows any information as to why the statue exists, I love that the statue exists. And it's just, it's so cool. Yeah, I don't know what the fucking statue is all about, but that's some funny shit. <laughs> I need more information, people, please. I need more. I have a fun fact. Fun fact. Give me a fun. I love those fun facts. All right. This entire movie was shot in Europe, like England and mm-hmm. Scotland, I think it was. Mm-hmm. All of it, except one shot, is shot in Europe, except for one. The one shot is oh. when when Grandpa says, As you wish. So Rob didn't like the way that he directed him to do it when they were doing it initially. So when they got back to L.A., they just did a pickup shot and had him say that whole line before he walks out of the room all over again. So if it looks a little weird to you guys in that scene, that's probably why. (laughs) Okay, cool. I always thought, actually, he does look a different, like, he doesn't look the same. He does look, have, like, a little bit of different details to it. Like, his... His face, he just looks like, you know what I'm talking about? When yeah. It feels like there's a difference in actor, or like the actor's changed in a little way. Yeah. It's definitely, <sighs> definitely that's why. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I got a little fun fact for you. Give it. So Chris Saradin Jr., who plays Prince Humperdinck, which, you know, we all hate Prince Humperdinck. He's the freaking worst. <laughs> uh, what I really, really super love and what people might not have noticed is he is actually the speaking voice for Jack Skeleton in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Shut your mouth. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Halloween. Does he sing Halloween. Too? Oh, I'm sorry. He's just the voice of Jack Skeleton, though. I, I need to take that back. Danny Elfman is the one that sings. Yeah, that's his voice. So if you recognized it, anyone out there, you it is confirmed. Yes, Chris Saradin does the voice of Jack Skeleton King, but Danny Elfman does the singing part, provides the singing for the soundtrack. Well, he got this role... Because he was just so proper and classy that they they needed th- that for their prince. Mm-hmm. Um, you might also recognize him on Fright Night, the original one. Yeah, he's the vampire. Mm-hmm. He's in Child's Play from 1988. So I definitely didn't realize those were him, but I love those movies. He still does some voiceover work. Like he works on... The modern day Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. He did an episode of Orange is the New Black. So he's still out there making his money. I loved it. He played, He was uh, did an episode of The Good Wife. He played one of the judges. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's also in Fright Night, the 2011 one. So he did some. No way. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I don't think I watched that one. But he's really, really known um, for a really epic movie, Dog Day Afternoon. I don't know if anyone. Yep. I love that movie. It's it's absolutely incredible. He, uh, he did get one, a lot of. Right? That's yeah. <laughs> He got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in that Yeah, film, he did a really good. He did a really great job. Yeah, um, that so movie itself is just beautiful. It, it, honestly, listeners, you got to watch that movie. It's so freaking good. Thank you for being an awful prince. He's like, look. You know how much I love watching you work, but I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. He does a good job. He's a great villain. Like He seems like he, he's a cool dude. I would like yeah. working with him. He's oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Gil does a frame for it. I'm swamped. <laughs> I'm swamped. I just can't. 
Um, I do have a fun fact. Yeah, give me a fun fact. So the song Storybook Love, uh, the theme mm-hmm. song from this movie, was nominated mm-hmm. for Best Songs at the Oscars that year. Did not win, but it was nominated. It is a good song. Ding, mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding. I don't know what the one is. <laughs> I've already done my fun fact about Christopher Guest with his 11 fingers. Yep. But if we don't talk about Christopher Guest, I will be ashamed of myself because he is one of my favorite directors, favorite writers. He is so funny. I am obsessed with him. He's done all of like, this is Spinal Tap, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, For Your Consideration, Mascots. And he works with one of my favorite people of all time. And that is, do you know who I'm going to say? Eugene Levy. That's right. Because Eugene Levy is the best freaking human being in the world. Yes. Catherine O'Hara. That's exactly who I thought you were going to (laughs) say. But you did not. Like, well, you know, it's fine. She's in all no. those ones you named. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. She's that her relate her friendship with Eugene Levy is beyond anything. It's the most magical friendship of all time. I like love Christopher Guest. He's like I mentioned in all of those films I just said, and he's he he stars in his own films usually, but he also like he also directs most of them. It's not rare because he does do other people's films all the time. And of course he was going to do like a Rob Reiner film again because they'd already done Spinal Tap together. Yeah. But to get him to do another show, I mean, it's pretty cool. He's in Little Shop of Horrors. He's like one of the customers that walks into Little Shop of Horrors. I think he's just, yeah. And I just, he, I think he's just one of those pals that everyone just loves and like wants to have around all the time. And he's just like always down to do it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come and do it. I see that. So to get him to work on a project would just be an honor. He's so cool. We're definitely going to talk more about him because we're going to do Best in Show or A Mighty Win or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're absolutely. Yeah. We. I mean, of course we are. Yeah. Let's talk more about him when we get to oh, Mighty Wind. <laughs> I'm going to do best, best of Show. I just had to mess because we already we talked a little bit already in the episode about Christopher Guest. I just want to give everyone a completion. Like this dude, the Christopher Guest really is. You're he's like, amazing. Oh, he was not just the dude who got stabbed in the thigh. He also makes <laughs> other shit in this movie, yeah. other than this movie. Like he probably was scared out of his mind with Manny Machinkin coming at him with a sword, but I like mean, in all good, he understood. He's just like, oh, I get it. <laughs> and they never worked together again. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He feared for his life so much that he was just like, I'm done. I got one more fun fact. Give me one more fun fact. Yes. So Vincini was not always Vincini. going to be cast. Wallace Shawn, who we've also already talked about. If you want to hear more about him, go listen to our Clueless episode. Yes. That's um, why I didn't really go into too much because I, I listen to the Clueless. It's one of my favorite episodes, <laughs> just so you know. I like love the Clueless episode. So you really should go listen to it. Go listen to it. And so, yeah. But he was... You might have had some competition for this role. Uh, initially, I think they were thinking of leaning towards Danny DeVito, which I could totally see. Danny, I could see Danny DeVito in this character. Wouldn't it have been as great as Wallace Shawn would have done it. But I, mean, Wallace I could Shawn, see Danny DeVito. But now, as like an adult, all I hear is Rex from Toy Story. Like that's all I. Hear. Oh yeah, you totally do. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's all I hear. But I love him. And I yeah, love him. He's in all four Toy Story movies. He's, he's in all four Toy Story movies. Yeah. He's epic, though. He is epic. So, yeah, if you want to know more in- about him, go ahead and listen to uh, Clueless. 
I'm not even afraid to ashamed that I love him in Gossip Girl too. I'm just like not even afraid to ashamed. I'm not ashamed. All right. So I'm all out, girl. You got anything else to say about your faves? Um, no. I think I'm all let me check. No, I'm good. I hit everybody. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for Z for the people. Uh, yes, sir. All right. So the Z for the people. I had no clue what to do. I couldn't really mm-hmm. find anything that went with this movie. So I decided to just go with life. By the time this episode airs, it will be before the third. So if you are hearing this and you haven't already voted or isn't prepared to vote, I don't know what you're doing with your life because this is like the biggest time in all of our lives right now. And like, it's not even like, oh yeah, this is, no, it's not a joke. This like, it's it's real. You need to vote. So you need to go out there and vote. And even if you're voting for someone I do not believe in, it is all of our rights to go out there and vote. So uh, make sure that you do your homework, read, watch some videos, figure out what people's stance on things. Don't just vote because they're the head of your party. Don't just vote because that's what your parents do. You need to really think for yourself. So please, everyone go out there, make sure that you vote in the local elections and the country's elections because right now is a big time. So make sure that your ballots are filled out and mailed out. Honestly, yes, yes, please get educated. Please understand who you're voting for and what you're voting for. This is a lot to ask, but you just can't seem to, you need to vote to help other people. We can't be selfish anymore. And we need to vote as Americans, as people in North America living in the United States. I don't want to feel ashamed to be an American anymore. And for the past four years, I felt ashamed to be an American. So just think of it that way. Like, do you, you want to be able to hold yourself accountable as an American for who you are, go out and vote, get heard. There's no reason that you guys can't vote. So please get your ballot, figure it out because you only have so much time now. Please get out there and please vote. Zenobia is much better about (laughs) not, you know, judging someone based on who they're voting for. That is Um, not true. I am very (laughs) struggling with this shit. Personally, I have some (laughs) friends out there who has come to see that they are not voting in the same way that I would vote. And it is very testing on if I should or should not cut people off for their beliefs. And so I'm trying my very hardest to educate the people around me to let them know that their voice does count and that they need to kind of think outside of themselves, outside of their race, and think of everyone as a whole. So that is... Yeah. I'm struggling too, girl. Remember... (laughs) I know. And remember, like, this is me, Lenny. This is Z. You know, I'm a I'm a proud queer woman over here, a beautiful black woman over there. Don't cast a vote that would hurt us because we don't want to hurt anybody else. And we only want to spread happiness and joy and equality. So just please vote for what's in your heart and don't don't be manipulated. Just don't be manipulated and go vote. Go vote. And that is my Z for the people. Uh, yes, uh, vote. All right. Vote. Ooh, girl, we did it. We did it. Uh, just let you guys know. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I, uh, sorry if I got a little, little slurry or drunk tonight. No, I'm just kidding. I love getting drunk with you guys. She's drunk. Thanks for checking. I know. I'm <laughs> so 
totally. If you guys love us, you'll listen to us because we love you and we love doing what we do, drinking cocktails and talking movies. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Podbean, anywhere that you get your podcasts. We are there. So hit us up. Yeah. Pandora. You can check Pandora, all those sweet spaces. There's so many of them. We're not the only ones out there, but uh, come check us out. You can check out our Instagram our Twitter, our Facebook for any updates that we've got episode announcements. You want to see any kind of like film history, love, we got it. And then if you have anything that you want to hear us talk about or any like celebrity sighting stories or any facts that we missed on movies that you're like, Oh, you would freaking love this. Just email us at lights, camera, cocktail, gmail.com. Yep. Get a uh, cocktail. Get the S out of here. No S. Yeah. No S. Just let's camera cocktail at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We made it. We did it. We're going to be moving on next week to our second family fun movie. That <laughs> oh my God, I'm, I'm so picking. excited. Are you ready? I'm ready. She hasn't told me. I am so excited. What are we watching? What are we watching? We are watching Uncle Buck. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Classic. You should see the toast. I can't even fit it through the door. (laughs) (laughs) I love Uncle Buck. It it means so much to me. So I'm very excited to, I feel like it's our first real John Candy movie. Not him just as like a, a side character so yeah we're about to get in here and our first macaulay Culkin. yeah and i've got a huge thing for john hughes so the fact that we're doing this is gonna be so great all right i'm excited good choice girl thank y'all so everyone get ready we will be back next week with another episode of lights camera cocktails hello lady (laughs) anybody want a peanut (laughs) <laughs> I am waiting for Benzini. You're sure a meanie. <laughs> <laughs>